welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathala, that our communities band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. May have noticed that the trend lately where I'm doing like two a week and kind of joining them by subject. And we had Dave and then we had Dylan of New Blood. Today we're having Matt uh, Tropiano, an amazing guest. Uh, last episode was James Paddock. Both of these guys involved in Adventures of Square. And I just want to like say that, you know, we're, we're trying our best to get you guys some content. I know everybody's shut up in their houses or you know, just bored and not getting the social activity they're used to getting because of this whole uh, ped, pan, whatever the fuck. Who gives a shit? Point being, uh, we're here for you, man. Uh, In the Keep is here for you, or at least I'm trying to be, and I hope that you're okay. I hope that your family is okay. I hope you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. That said, this is a really cool episode. If you are interested whatsoever at all in any way in the linguistics, I think you'll really enjoy it. If you're interested in Doom, I think you'll enjoy it. I think if you're interested uh, just in game design or in passion or in, you know, the pursuit of knowledge and craft, Matthew Tropiano is one of those guys that is just absolutely inspiring and it was this was one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded to be honest with you so I'm really looking forward to the reaction from it but hey music this week is uh, another from the Adventures of Square soundtrack by James Paddock and Zazer Asheron this song is called Incubutter I hope you like it and when it's done we will be in the queue with Matthew Tropian I guess um, exploring creative pursuits in a, in, a, in a greater way, or at least, um, I don't know, making virtual worlds and stuff. Uh, Doom Doom is, a, is just an uh, amazing action game, and uh, it, it was like kind of like next in line after a Wolfenstein, because I played Wolfenstein 3D a long time ago on a uh, 286 computer that luckily had a VGA monitor. And... Um, and I and uh, Doom was the next game, but I didn't have a computer that could play it until uh, maybe I could say like a, a year after it came out, maybe maybe less. So uh, yeah, and then because but I I played it at friends' places before I had a computer that could run it, and then as soon as I got a computer, I just like threw in all the shareware discs just to install it and played it, and um, the rest is history because I always liked making uh, maps and mods and. Um, I always liked the uh, games that had like level editors in them. So uh, I took to those and, and just made my own maps in them, like stuff like load runner and Jetpack and, and um, what else there are like a, a, just a bunch of those types of uh, 
uh, things. And and I wish level editors uh, make a comeback again. And it looks like they are, at least in the indie sphere. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just an opportunity for um, creative people at any age to start making their own stuff. And it's a, it's a really, really, um, it's, a, it's a weak barrier to entry. And that's that's good. That's what we need more of, more things fostering creative stuff. I agree with you 100%. It's like we definitely need more creativity in the world and everything, but that's kind of why I've gravitated towards this community so much is because that's all it is, really. It's just people like within the confines of Doom, we've decided to be extremely creative and make a million, million really awesome things. And yeah. you're one of the leading examples of that. And just kind of the people that you've surrounded yourself with, particularly like, you know, Jimmy and Josh, those guys are just absolutely mind blowing to me. And I, I like that these ideas keep getting bounced around between creative people. That's the coolest thing about it is that across the world, not just within any one, you know, area, it's not like, Oh, well in the San Francisco area in 1986, like it's like across <laughs> the world, these amazing people are connecting about something that they, you know, really feel passionate about and exchanging ideas and working on these incredible projects that take a long time for basically no profit to you guys other than I made something cool and I'm proud of it. I, f- I feel like there's like some kind of like, um, there's like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not clout, but like there's this, there's this like, um, there's this, there's this kind of, a, I, I guess, I guess when a game as, as popular as Doom comes out and people start making tools and, and what have you for it, people just want to make more Doom. They don't want yeah. the original game to just be it. They want to make more. And and um, yeah, even with the internet in its infancy way back when, uh, you still had people on bulletin board services, you know, they had to dial into via modem. And that was those were like really, really old message boards and stuff. And then you had Usenet and then you had like mailing lists and uh, just through email and people collaborating on really like all the initial like major uh, doom projects or just like making maps and uploading them to whatever um, FTP was the popular one to upload doom maps to. And even when you didn't have access to that um, odds are you were on a service like AOL or CompuServe or whatever that had file servers that you could upload maps to because who, who doesn't in, in at least in the, in the mid nineties who didn't, uh, want to have an internet service that didn't provide for more playing of doom because <laughs> like that was, that was the game to play at the time. And it, and it was like, it was a movement. It, it wasn't, it wasn't just a fun game. It, it, it hooked people. It made addicts. It made, uh, it, it, if, uh, it made like, you know, uh, it also introduced people to a, a, a larger video gaming scene. Even people that don't ordinarily play video games still played Doom or heard of it at, at, at some point. The name Doom is like kind of as ubiquitous as Super Mario. It's, it, it, was, it was everywhere. Yeah, like my grandmother knows what Doom is. My yeah. grandmother has no idea what Quake is except for me telling her, you know. But yeah. Doom is like pervasive in the culture to the point, I mean, it's reported on the news. I mean, you really want to get down to it. It probably came down to the lawsuits as well. Like with Oh yeah. Doom, like it being on, you know, normal television where people are like, this is a problem. And even still what's remembered now is like, 
oh, that's a popular video game. I, not. S- I still remember that photo of Orrin Hatch, uh, Senator Orrin Hatch, holding like Doom 2 in his hands and talking about how how terrible a game it was. But yeah, it was um, it was it was around the time in which the uh, violent video games were um, were just sneaking into the market. And then there were talks about, you know, like a rating system and the. And the then the ER, uh, RSAC and the ESRB formed, yeah. but then the, the uh, ESRB kind of won out in that in that um, rating war. And then um, yeah, and then the uh, then an, another thing that happened because like I mean, what was I going to say? Uh, like uh, like the the violent video game stuff, especially among people that made that, it it, it was like a it was like their um, it was like their rebellion in the in the uh, in the media war. So like. You get uh, things that got like hyper violent just for the sake of being violent, but I I, I want to say that like there was probably elements of of that in Doom, but I I want to say that violence just caught attention, and I think you know it was still out to make a fun game, and that's really what sticks with you years and years later. To be fair, like I don't think at any point in Doom, nothing ever seems mean spirited at all. Like I don't, I've never gotten that vibe, and I barely even noticed. Like, yeah, the gore and all that's there, and it's it's gory, but it's not like anything other than cartoonish nonsense. It's the same as yeah, like Adrian. I, I, it was mostly like I think Adrian Carmack leading that yeah. charge because like he was like tired of drawing like cutesy Commander Keen yeah. stuff and whatever for like all the EGA <laughs> games that it was making and. And he really uh, had his art shine in like like the dangerous Dave in the haunted mansion, where like mm-hmm. Dave would die in like really gruesome ways if he <laughs> if he died in one of the maps. But like, yeah, so um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was just like you know a whole bunch of pieces fitting together to make something uh, hugely successful and influential. Basically, the perfect game. I, I remember a while back, QuakeFans.net was they posted something it might have been on twitter but it was basically a poll saying like if you had the choice would you rather have you know like quake 3 arena and online access and you're stuck on a desert island you'll have no other human contact or you have doom with no internet access but you can play every whatever made and i'm like i'll take doom 150 million times out of like and not that i don't love quake but Shit, like you'll never, ever, ever have a moment at all for the rest of your life where you couldn't play something. Like you'd never run out. It's insane, like how much you guys have put into this over 25, going on 26 years span of just fantastic artwork and a lot of, you know, dog shit that you'd have to sift through. But (laughs) you in particular, man, I'm going through all of your stuff. Like what what are some of the projects early on that you like? Because I've listened to your talk. We'll get to that too. But. (laughs) Some of the projects that you worked on in the early days, like pre two thousand, even. Oh Lord! You've been uh, mapping since before. I think, I think right around the yeah same year my wife was born, like ninety six. Wow! I was one years old when you started it, mapping. I I met somebody. Um, yeah, I I think I met um who was it uh Altazimuth um uh, and like a uh, years ago when I when I uh went to the UK. Uh, because Adventures of Square, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Got into like the uh, a, a a video game convention called like EGX, and that's in mm-hmm. London. And it was in their like Left Field collection, which was like a bunch of like weird indie stuff that you probably have never seen. And um, and then when he when he uh, met up with us, and like I just discovered like he was just this 18 year old kid, uh, <laughs> like five years ago. I was like I was like oh my god, I around the time 
like I started doing math in my head and I was like, oh my God, he was just born when I released Dimensions of Time back in back in like, like 98. And um or like when I was just starting making my first maps, and that it was just like it made me it made me feel a little old, but it also it also like kind of like gave me that weird frame of reference for like, you know, how long Doom's been around and how long, you know, stuff has been made for it. But yeah, uh my um my the stuff that I made before 2000 um the weird thing is uh that was kind of like like the stuff i made around then was still i think the product of uh you know my uh my uh lack of experience making a lot of three-dimensional uh levels and stuff like that and then uh it was also uh the tool set that we had at the time because i remember i used uh an editor editor called uh deep um mm-hmm. and that was uh that was uh it, it so so editors way back when um for doom uh usually came in the two flavors of shareware version and registered version it's much like other software titles back then and especially doom editors because you know, it was really, really lucrative to sell tools that helped you make Doom stuff. Like Doom was so popular, you could make money off of Doom in a very third-party way. Uh, so, so uh, the I never paid for the registered version of an editor. I I still use like its shareware uh, features, which limited me to about um, uh, eight hundred lines or twelve hundred sides uh, to lines. So that made pretty small maps and that um i still stuck with that limitation and uh so did uh, my friend uh bill that i made uh the best wad ever with which yeah. was released around 1996 so we released like three episodes of maps and we re- only released that to like aol's file servers but i still of course kept the file and have it on my website to download but um uh that that was still like uh a, uh that was still like a, a collaborative in, in so much that like we, we sometimes would both collaborate on one map and then um, just to make full episodes. Uh, we kind of took like a, an episode after the first one. So I took the second episode. He took the bill, took the third one and we just made more maps and uh, just compiled it all together into a giant megawatt and shoved it out onto AOL and, uh, and uh that was that and um uh then like later i made more maps uh because like you know i was in middle school so i had like all the time in the world after the homework and everything and uh um so like i i just would make more and more maps and then that turned into dimensions of time and it was still this like the same editor and tool set uh at the time and uh yeah i mean i i did get i I did get some, I don't think I got some, any real feedback for the best whatever, but I definitely got feedback uh, in the form of email uh, for like dimensions of time. And that was kind of like, uh, holy crap, people actually play this. People actually, uh, there are people out there that play it and want to tell me that they played it. So that was, that was really, really cool. And even at that, at that time, though, though I, I want to say I, I want, I felt like I was like, you know, hot shit because like I, I made like all these maps and people like it and I put it on the internet and, uh, you know, that's like, that's like, you know, that, that, that teenage mindset 
of like everything I do is perfect. I'm uh, and now and now like as an adult, I'm I I agonize over every last decision, going like, oh, is this good? Is this bad? Uh, what do I do? But like it was it was I don't know. It's nice it's nice to have that like confidence born from ignorance, kind of just to <laughs> just to be the big motivating factor. Uh, Sometimes you just got to get it out there, you know. You got to finish the product, you know. If the storm's yeah, coming, yeah. push that warning, son. It don't matter. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, like, um, yeah, uh, I mean, like, I go back and I, I play all that stuff sometimes, and I'm and there are was like, oh man, what was I thinking? Uh, but then, but then you gotta like remember, you know, you're 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 making stuff to the best of your ability at the time, so. Like, there's no reason to, um, like, look at your past work with with regret unless you were sure that you weren't, you know, performing to the best of your ability. And and uh, I, I think I think in in terms of mapping, I could say that I I was I was still made stuff that I was proud of. So that's is you know it's 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 good to look back <laughs> sometimes. So. At what point did you start to really actually feel confident? Like, hey, I I am good at this. I do know what I'm doing. Or does that does that day ever come? Um, you know what? I want to say definitively around maybe like the mid 2010s. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Okay, so a while. Let's let's keep scrolling. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, the thing is. There, the confidence is a is a strange thing that I uh, uh, I've I've discovered. Uh, confidence is either born from well, like I said earlier, it's it's either born from ignorance, like you don't know any better, and and you think like you know what you're doing is uh, is great, and because things are working somehow, and and uh, that that's like you know one form of confidence. If you don't know any better, there's no fear, and and it and then. The second type of confidence, I think, is is confidence born from knowledge that you can you can suffer a blow to your ego or or what have you and still come out unscathed because you have the you have the experience behind you um, informing your decisions and all of your uh, uh, your your, you know, yeah, all of your decisions you make. So so there is. I think, I think, you know, it takes time and it takes, you know, some failures and learning from failures. And eventually you get to the point where, um, that initial confidence that boost that like is motivating. And then you, you have that. Have you ever seen like the, um, the charts that plot the, uh, uh, Dunning Kruger curve where it like, where it's like, uh, you're learning something and then your confidence like shoots to the sky and then you realize, oh my God, I don't really know anything. And then it, and it falls all the way down to the bottom. And then there's a slow climb from that bottom, uh, as, as the time progresses. And that is kind of, uh, I'm on, I'm on the rise. I believe that that second rise. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, uh, you build, you're building. You're building on a, a more solid foundation than just that. Uh, that that young, inexperienced, cocksure attitude that will uh, carry you in, through your first projects. <laughs> I think uh, there's like a a commercial on YouTube maybe right now with Neil Tyson talking exactly about this. How it's like you know there's a a point you know where you're talking about something and you feel that you're an expert, like you you are confident enough and that you know enough about a subject that you actually can say, 
I am an expert, even though realistically nobody really knows anything, especially yeah. in his case when you're talking about astrophysics. But yeah, yeah, yeah like the, like I mean, yeah, that's the uh, I only know that I know nothing. Is that yeah. wait, is that is that who is that? Socrates, Plato, who is that? I believe I that that was a punk band from the nineties. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, um, uh, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, the thing is, um, if you're aware of the fact that you like you, the, the thing is like, if you're, if you're hyper aware that you don't, that you're still learning, then, you know, you, you, if you're somebody that kind of like lives on the extremes, like I do, at least in the attitude wise, maybe, uh, or, or in, in, in thinking about himself, uh, really there that you, uh, there's always that like, oh man, I don't really know anything. I'm just learning like everybody else. And, and you, and you forget all of the stuff that you've learned before, like, or, or I mean, you don't, you don't see the progress that you've made so far and, and, or you become blind to it. And that is, that's still valuable. Like, you know what, the a disheartening thing that I've seen um, sometimes is that people want to like, even on, uh, on the id games archives. And I don't think it's happening so much anymore, but there was like definitely a time where people were just like, could you take this down? This is like old stuff that I'm not proud of or, or, and it wasn't like content wise. It was just like the maps weren't good. It was, it was stuff like that. And I'm like, why, why would you want to, revise your own history wouldn't you want to like show people that you've improved wouldn't you want to say this is where i was and this is where i am and then when people see that they they become inspired you know they they're like holy crap if that if that guy could do it i could i could you know if i take the time and give a shit i could i could be like them and right it's the ron jeremy effect yeah it's the the ron jeremy effect so it's the it's the it's yeah and history is good especially your own history and, or looking back at your own history just to see how, how far you've come. And, and that is, I think what, where, um, what, what builds confidence and, and that's way more important rather than like just having that, like unafraid to take risks type of confidence. You, 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 you have a more stable type of confidence, uh, when you, when you see, um, accomplishment or or um see progress in some way side note that all i know is that i know nothing uh that was operation ivy great band. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah punk band yes so as we skip forward towards like you know where you start to as you say kind of come alive as early like as early as 2010 i think scourge of viscerous with your, your delve into some hex and stuff but even the plutonia revised i, I can't believe that's not you feel like you weren't doing an amazing job on that stuff. Uh, the uh, the Plutonia Revisited, yeah, the the yeah, oh, the Plutonia uh, Plutonia Revisited Community Project PRCP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the weird thing is, um, Scourge was released in 2010. I was making the maps in 2005, and mm. and that was uh, and that and that was because my uh, college roommate uh, played Hexen. And he was just like, yeah, I really love it's like, oh, you do Doom stuff. Uh, I like I like playing Hexen when it came out. I'm like, oh, yeah, this Doom engine. I could probably make maps for that. And he's like, really? And I'm like, hell yeah, I can. So like then then I started making like a hub for, for Hexen. And uh, and that's where that started. And um, and, and, and then uh, after I made that and I like got out of college, I asked around. I was like, I want to get back into making Doom maps because uh, I kind of had like this like I started making maps for like Quake 2 and Quake around um, like 2001 and 
um, like like around like yeah, I'd say right, maybe like 1997 to uh, 2002, and then like a, a few. Duke Nukem 3D maps and like two Shadow Warrior maps, but they're like they're not even like worth talking about really. And um, but I, I still like made a bunch of Quake maps, and then I but I just wanted to get back into Doom mapping. Uh, so like yeah, that was the opportunity. My my college roommate um saying that, and then um having and seeing like what other people have done, uh, especially with like source ports as they were around the time. So that was kind of like motivating. There was like, Oh, doom is still new and there's still stuff to make in it. So, uh, yeah, started making that. And then, um, after I made more stuff and people started noticing I was, uh, around again, they were like, Hey, you want to work on this project? Hey, you want to work on this project? So like, that's where I started collaborating again. So there's a period where people perceive you as something that you didn't yet see yourself. I, I, I guess so. There, 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 I'm because, like I mean, like de- definitely around like the the college era of my life, I was still figuring things out about you know uh, uh, how I talk to people and and how I uh, interact with others and like uh, you know all all those like regular what the fuck am I doing with my life types of questions, and it was um it was it was kind of like you know figuring out what opportunities I had even like just with like. I guess like hobbies or whatnot. And, and just, yeah, there, there was a lot of, there was a, of course there's like, yeah, a lot of unsuredness. And, and I knew that people, I, I, I wanted to say that people uh, still remembered that, Oh, I was that 13 year old that made that megawatt. What? And I've, I've, I played that at some point. And like, that was, that was kind of like, um, you know, it was, it was a, a novelty and, and, I was like, at the time, I was just like, that's some that's some old shit I made. I have no idea why people like this. But then when people started saying, I was like, oh, yeah, the, there is a we, uh, the, like Matt maybe did not like, you know, make have the opportunity to make his maps look pretty like with the editor he used. But he still like had the gameplay down pretty well and it's still fun to play. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, maybe maybe there is something here that I've missed. And um yeah, it, it does. It does. Sometimes it does take other people to to point out, um, you know, stuff that you've done. But then, you know, I'm getting better at seeing that myself. Um, I didn't. I there was definitely a time in which I was that that like the everything, uh, all this stuff I made was crap, and and people are dumb if they think it's it's good. But like, you know, that's just shitting on people that have come up with the opinion that you do good work all by themselves. So it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to tell people they're wrong, that they're happy. So, so like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm way better about that than I used to be, but I'm as, you know, sometimes it does take others to, to like, you know, open your eyes a bit, I guess. No, for sure, man. It's, it is what it is, but, and that clearly you can tell from just, there's, plenty of recording of you speaking kind of on this similar subject where you expressed that it is that is something that you struggle with is acceptance of your own creativity or people liking it even if you don't like it and being self-analytical but the yeah. other side of that argument is like that's probably why you're so damn good at what you do is because you are self-analytical it, some people just stay in that first state where they just think they're hot shit and then they never realize their own faults it, it's uh Early success is uh, dangerous. 
the early success is very, very dangerous. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen like, even in like the indie scene, uh, as I'm, as I'm going to all these independent game conventions and stuff like that these days, uh, cause I finally have the means to, um, it's, it's interesting to see, um, who's successful, who isn't and what their attitudes are like in just talking to them. And, uh, there are definitely people that like, they're cognizant of the fact that it's like, yeah, I got lucky. The second thing or the next thing I release, well, I mean, of course we'll get press because people have seen me, but you know, who knows how that's going to go. This is, this can't last forever. And then, and then there are people that are just like, it's like, oh man, how come, uh, oh man, I, uh, this next thing I made was crap. Oh, maybe I should quit altogether. And I'm such a, I'm such a imposter and like, oh, whatever, man. Like just, uh, like you, you, the, the thing is like, you know, you can't, you can't like, you know, dwell on that. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting what the question was. What was the question again? <laughs> there wasn't even a question. We're just chatting, man. It's all yeah. Like uh, Q&A session. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess, I guess it's, it's, um, yeah, the early, early success is, is still kind of dangerous. And, but the other thing is, okay, now I remember what got to get back on the track. Uh, the other thing I guess I wanted to mention was, um, that there, it's, there is definitely a pitfall in being overly critical about your work. And cause like if, if, if anybody can, when they make things, they want to refine it to like, you know, just a razor edge. They want, they want everything to be perfect and honed and the experience absolutely perfect throughout. But if you keep doing that, then it'll never be done. You have to, you have to kind of be at a point in which you're like, there really is nothing else I can do here and I'm sick of working on it. Maybe I should release this. And I, I, but, but that's kind of what I do. I really think that the answer lies, you know, just before that it should be, it should be, I think I, I think I've reasonably accomplished everything that I want to do. And that means it's now ready to send out into the world. And um, yeah, uh, kudos to anybody who has ever finished or released anything, because that is always a difficult uh, thing to do because like right now you're exposing yourself in some way uh, or, or your work really to, to the, to a greater audience or, or just, just it being exposed. Uh, and that's, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's some vulnerability there. There's you, you don't know what people will say about it. And, you know, that's always, that's always a, a, a thing. It, so like, just be, but that's what, you know, that's what, where, where confidence comes into play. It, 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 it's like, okay, yeah, this is finished. And, you know, I'm, oh, I'm happy with this. Fuck what other people say. Here you go. Have fun, everybody. Or hope you have fun or hope you experience the things in the way I hope you experience them. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a good segue into kind of the next thing I'm going to ask you about. Because 2014, I'm officially an adult now. Mm-hmm. I've graduated high school. Yay. You- Start your, you release a lot of cool shit this year, but, uh, 32 and 24, is this your first one at that point? Uh, yeah, the 32 and 24, uh, I think it was number 14. It was a single player one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was my first, uh, yeah, that was my first one. Um, I, uh, I made quote unquote death match maps back in the day, but they were absolute garbage. Uh, back in the day, death match map was the, uh, 
the cop-out map. I think these days uh, people kind of like look down on slaughter maps. Like if the, if the, because like, you know, since everybody's kind of heavily, heavily skewed towards single player these days and not, not so much multiplayer as, as it was back then. Um, but yeah, like a whole lot of like deathmatch. I, I, I was not, I was not very confident in, in making an adequate deathmatch map. So, uh, but I still wanted to like, work on a 32 and 24 and then when i saw that one was like a single player map um thing i was like oh yeah sure sign me up i'll 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 give that a shot and um and uh they said that you could use a deathmatch map from previous 32 and uh in 34 uh, 32 and 24s but um i chose to make one from scratch so like yeah make make a map from scratch in a day and then polish it uh i think uh, in another 24 hours so i was like well let's see what i can come up with given you know a day's worth of work or like you know just a, a piece of a day and yeah see where that takes me because I, I i i did some speed mapping before that and those had okay results so i'm like yeah let's 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 hit that happy medium of a, a, a nice chunk of time to think about things and and uh work on something like that it's just that's one of those things where if you don't get to have a whole lot of second guessing, you really gotta just churn it out and do your best, and it, you really don't get any say. And wonder, I mean, once you guys have put it out there, you, you're not p- taking it back. So, yeah, that's a real test. That's a that's a cool project in general, and I I feel like a you know do and Bones talk about it a lot on their podcast, just in general, without really explaining what it is. But yeah, that you're, you're churning out material like a whole team of people within you know basically 24 hours maybe 48 hours as you said yeah the goal uh, the goal i feel with projects like that is to you know get out of your comfort zone especially with the um like every there will be like you know constraints and stuff um in each the 32 and 24 like themes or whatever but like the the main goal is so that you make something with the intent to release it. And so that you're not dwelling on every last little thing and making sure it's perfect because like, you know what I come to think sometimes, and you know, this is, this may be me projecting a little bit, but there's um, every once in a while, if, if you, you do get those, those people and especially me sometimes that like work on something forever and you start realizing that it's a comfort project it's not really you're like you're you lose track of like what the goal is what you want to finish and if things are never you know quite right you you it it becomes an addiction it becomes a comfort to work on something to occupy your time and especially something that won't be finished because you know it it's it still has a you have an emotional connection to it and it's um you know, you, you, it's it's like a nice little safe. It's like a nice little safe spot for 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 uh, for yourself and and uh, because like you know, releasing it is like, well, what do I do now? The the there's that terror of of oh god, what am I going to use to take up my time? Uh, so um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be forced into the um, into into the mode where you know you have a limited time to work on it. So make it as best as you can uh, because it's going to go out there. (laughs) People are going to play it and it may not be perfect, but the thing is people expect that from speed maps or 
uh, you know, the 32 and 24 maps um, and stuff like that. So um, I think that that one, the single player map one was a little trickier because yeah, you have to, there's a, there's a lot more play testing than just um, block out a map and see if duels work really well in it and what have you. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's good to be in that, um, that, uh, 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 in that, that type of uh, method of creating stuff. It's kind of like, think back to elementary school or whatever when your teacher's like you know if you're not sure about an answer go with your first instinct sometimes you do your best work Hmm. i think when you're not allowed to think back on it if you just go with that first instinct and you really trust that you know the material or that you know the skill set that you're you know harnessing yeah so later that year you move into or i'm not sure about later or whatever but you also in 2014 do this project called back to saturn x which episode two this is one of the coolest Doom projects I think that's ever been. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Very so, vanilla Doom compatible and everything. It's as, yeah, shout outs to Essel. The, yeah. Her work is amazing. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 uh, yeah, the, the work that's been done also with not just like, yeah, the texture work, but also music and, um, just getting all these, all these, all these, all these creative people to um, make something that probably also, you know, takes them out of their comfort zone a bit, like with like, you know, new, new resources and being forced to use the limits of, of um, the original doom in making really cool things. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good project. Although I'm, I'm sure that uh, you, uh, if you, if you've watched my talk, you know that there is some, there's some uh, turbulence. <laughs> working on back to saturn x well it's like this is a project where you have something in the when at the finished product we have 63 maps all together i want to say between like yeah uh, two episodes out so far i think and a lot of people working on it like a whole whole lot of people contributing to it you did one of if i'm not mistaken here 63 maps so yeah i uh, I, yeah i did a a blue shadow (laughs) So, yeah. But, well, if you don't mind, like, what what do you think caused some of that turbulence? Well, that the uh, the turbulence was caused by um, was caused by uh, so a lot of uh, maps needed touch ups, especially with um, some uh, thematic elements changing. And uh, my map was a little bit more than touched up. Uh, it was like almost like transmogrified uh, by by um the the touch-up mappers and mm-hmm. stuff like that or rather the touch-up mapper um whom whom i whom i work with on square and he's very talented uh and i i i i you know i he's he's great he's a great creative person um though the uh i think I, the, what happened was a miscommunication it was like hey did you did you tell matt that we needed to change his his map and that you were making changes oh no i didn't tell him did you i didn't either oh shit and and that uh so like what happened was oh my god this map changed quite a bit we really need to tell matt about this and then i was told about it and i was like uh what happened was though it became that that crisis of confidence and uh what happened was i uh i was just like oh my god there are some decisions that i kind of don't like but this map looks way better than my map originally was. Um, holy shit. Am I really that terrible at making 
Doom maps, especially in the medium that I grew up with? Uh, am I, uh, do, do I even deserve to be a part of this project? I remember I like, I had like, I had an artistic crisis and I, and I had, I was just like, I need to, I need to think about this for a second. So, um, so like, um, you know, I, I talked to, uh, what was it? I, I, so I, I talked to my mom about it, uh, and she, cause she's like a very creative person and, and worked on a lot of like collaborative projects and stuff for like, uh, either art based things or, or, or what have you. Uh, and, and I, I was just like, yeah, I don't know what to do in this situation. I mean, it's not, it's, it's changed so much. I, I, I told it to her, like, imagine a mural that like, uh, required, uh, different people to, uh, make a part of it. And, uh, at some point, um, touch-ups were being made and, um, a whole lot of other parts needed changing and they kind of painted over your part of the mural and it's not exactly or it, it uh you, it's not it's not the same as it used to be and in some places a little unrecognizable and then and then she went well are, do they still want to credit you for your work and i said yeah they do and then she says well then yeah take the credit and you know move on to the next thing so i was just like yeah i guess you're right if they still want to credit me and and you know and it's still it's still my map in, in design although you know I, I would choose to do a couple of things differently now but yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should just say, yeah, thank you. Move on because you know it's 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 theirs really. At, at the end of the day, after I contribute my work, so so yeah. But it was, but like the the bigger, it it wasn't like a lot of a lot of it didn't come from. Oh, why didn't they tell me if I could have blah 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 blah? It was it was more along the lines of, oh my god, am I am I not good? This map is better than I can do, uh, or at least like you know that's what that's what I thought about it and. So like I was just like, oh shit, uh, what do I do now? Um, and that's where that's where a lot of the the I feel like a lot a lot of it comes from me. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I've come to realize, and and uh, that was a moment in which I kind of um, figured that out about myself. No, for sure. Like I think this might be the moment because I think that this whole segment of the interview might have just been in a different universe. <laughs> hey, Matt, I really liked your map that you did for Back to Saturn X, and you say, "Yeah, thank you, man. I'm really proud of that." And that was yeah. it. And yeah, then yeah. We like, but no, I think that's an important moment in your, you know, realization of this is a thing that you struggle with. So that's yeah. Good. So I mean, like, I, yeah, I'd be. I, I feel like you know, if if this was just a show where it was just like, so so like, if this was like a just like an inside the actor studio, it's like, and then in 2014, uh, you made a map in Back to Saturn X episode <laughs> two, and uh, and uh, and I was just like, yeah, blah 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 blah. But then, you know, uh, there's there's yeah, there's, there's two sides, man. There, you, what, what most people see is the work made, uh, at the end. And, uh, part of the process is, you know, the, the person doing the work. And even if, even if you, even if you're like, oh, I'm working on this part of the map now, and here's some screenshots, they're still seeing end, end products or pieces of end products. They're not, they're not along for the actual ride sitting next to you or in your brain or, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think this hel it helps to talk about this sort of thing because, because of other, you know, creators are uh, struggle with that sort of thing. Um, it, it, it's, it pays to talk about it because, you know, everybody doesn't want to feel alone. 
they 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 just you know they they want some kind of like indication that that they're not the only person out there that that either struggles with something or or uh you know feels different things and um yeah i think that's where that's why that's why validation is important in in a, a lot of ways i mean some people don't really care about that but i guess i kind of do uh in a weird way <laughs> I think people who say they don't care about it are the people who probably care about it the most. And I'll, I'll admit that myself. Like I, on one hand, I'm going to put this episode out. And if I get a million people that say like, fuck you, you suck. You should never talk to this guy. I hate you. I hate your interview style and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not really going to internalize too much of that, to be honest with you. But on yeah. the other hand, I'm going to be really bummed out if no one listens to it. Like, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm the kind of person that uh, that uh, categorizes uh, crit- uh, criticism uh, that's that's uh, sent in my direction, and it, I, there's like there's a there's a bad like the thing is like you do people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but I feel like even if you're even if you don't intend to hurt somebody's feelings, sometimes they end up being being hurt, especially if it's about their work, and it's like a, a thing that they've you know that's close to their heart that they they, they share with another person. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, pe- people are judgy <laughs> and, and there's, there's definitely going to be opinions about everything. That's the, that's the thing you learn about the internet. Everybody has an opinion and, and, uh, yeah. So, so like the, the thing is I, 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 what I do is I categorize all that feedback and like, you know, there's the first group where it's just like, you suck. I hate you. Go die. Uh, everything you make is garbage. Uh, those, those are assholes. They just want to bring you down. Like if they don't talk about the work at all and they talk about you and, and nothing else you can use, it's, it's shit. They're terrible people. They just want to feel better about themselves. I guess. I don't know. They and want then, validation too. Yeah. They want you to respond to them. They want to feel acknowledged. They're, they're looking for a, baser level of validation than you yeah are. yeah exactly they just they just want a response of some right. kind the, something that validates that they uh, occupy space in the world and but the but then on the flip side there there's a group of people that are just like you make everything great and you're the best at it oh i love all everything you do those people in terms of improving your work they're worthless too but they're they're oh, I shouldn't say worthless, but I mean like every once in a while they're that like you know that bump of cocaine that just like it's like oh uh, I could do anything ah oh, that's that, like the little bit of motivation. But you know just like cocaine is a drug, you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't like all praise too much or like or like baseless praise like just like baseless hate. It's it's still not good. It's a pick me up. Every once in a while, but don't you, you, you get fat on it. You could you, lots of damage to your heart. So, so, uh, but then like the, the next group is like, I like that you did this with the controls. I like, I like how the, the art complements this. I liked your use of reusing space in your map to create nonlinearity. Like when people say like what they like about what you've done specifically, that's like, okay, if I fall off the path of, I don't know where I'm taking this, this at least gives me an idea of what I should stick with and, and what still works. And then the last group is the people that are like, this sucks, but here's why this sucks. This sucks because it doesn't work with this. This sucks because this, I don't, I, this, these, this art needs touching up or whatever. And then from the people that say what parts suck, you reevaluate your goal with the work and then you you organize that stuff for it's stuff that takes me 
towards my goal versus stuff that would not fit my goal. And then that's the, you know, critiques that you use. So, I mean, and if you do all that, if you examine what people say about your work in a very scientific way, it's hard to feel the emotional impact of what they say. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what works for me. I don't know if that works for everybody, but it works for me, especially when people will give you opinions about your work, maybe not directly to you, but like, just like, you know, say their opinions about, about your work, um, even when you don't ask for it. So, you know, just, just, that's me being on my guard a little bit. (laughs) Also within 2014, we get the first episode of the adventures of square yes. and what an incredible, this is the project that kind of brought you to like, Hey, I need to pay attention to this guy. You gave me a business card. I was like, cool. I'll try that out eventually. Unfortunately, it took me too long to do that. And when I did, I was like, wow, I have neglected this for far too long. <laughs> well, thank like, you for playing. <laughs> I mean, no, truly like it, it, not like anything. It's just, there's constantly content coming my way. There's people who are like, Hey, you should check this out or you should talk to this guy or that guy or whatever. And, you know, I can't do it all, but I can kind of follow my uh, own journey into what I decide to get into. And then as I do, you know, pursue the things that really catch my interest. And this is one of those things. Oh, thank you very much. Um, the, the Ventures of Square kind of uh, came about because Jimmy was working on like a, a total conversion for Doom. And I was just like, this, this is just a like he released a three map demo. And I was like, this is just a couple of resources away from just replacing Doom. And you don't even need Doom to run it, so um, so um, so I I was like I want to work on this. I want to make some maps. This is something cool. So when he released the three map demo, I was like I want to make stuff for this. This is really cool. And then uh, apparently a bunch of other mappers and and other peoples wanted to make stuff for it. So we formed Big Brick Games or what have you, just a loose collective of people making a game, and um, we. It took us about, I'd say, a year and change to finish the first episode, and and uh, and making sure everything works. But then, like, we were like, "Oh no, we can't really release this with all this like copyrighted sounds." Or at least I said that. And and it's like, if we want to make make this like you know a bona fide um, true uh, game, then maybe we shouldn't do the thing of like you know just borrowing from copyrighted work similar to how like a lot of the modding scenes do and and whatnot, just like getting resources. So uh, I, a a long time ago, I, I I bought like the, um, what was it? The, the sound ideas general, which was like a whole bunch of like, like it's, it's the sound uh, library that everybody uses. So I was just like, I'm going to, I can make all my sounds for this and like do some voice acting and, and, and all other cool stuff. And uh, I redid all the sounds and, and what have you. And then as, as things were getting like busier um, with everybody else, I, I did, did started doing like play testing. And that was like, uh, it was around the time I discovered where we offered skill settings, but none of the maps were implementing skill settings. I'm like, Oh shit. Well, you know, maybe one person should figure out exactly what those d- different difficulties are so that we can, you know, uh, have a tailored experience for everybody similar to, you know, what doom does. So, uh yeah and then then just do a whole buttload of work and it was a lot of the work was um i volunteered myself into it because i'm i you know a a bad habit of mine is like well if i don't do it it's not going to be done 
well. And part of part of especially with my um, my uh, official title uh, on Big Brick Games as project coordinator, I have to be like, okay, this person's doing this work, this person's doing this work, and and just trust that they're going to do things to the best of their ability. And with the people I work with. I have every confidence that it will be good knowing all the people that I work with. So a lot of that is me is is me going, okay, I have to be okay with uh other people's contributions because, you know, uh I know me. If I have the time, I'll want to um do things uh to fill in gaps, but yeah, it it's it's that's that's another thing, especially if I want to like make my own game and work with people. That's going to have to be one of the things I have to be better about, and that's like trusting uh, the work of others. And because like, you know, a lot of my a lot of my uh, projects are solo ventures, um, and that's that's the that's that was my way of like you know making sure everything was perfect. Uh, but like, yeah, the um, that's a that's a way better that's a way more important skill. Uh, I feel is, you know, when you work with others, trust that they also have uh, your uh, best interests at heart. And um, and and like, you know, also a lot of that was like also, you know, uh, trusting uh, Jimmy's creative decisions as as creative director. And then it was also because like every once in a while, it would be like, ah, uh, I should do things this way. Matt, what do you think? Well, uh, I think we should do that. And then and then I was like, I'm not sure what we should do. Hey, Jimmy, what, what does, does this look right or sound right or whatever? And then it's like, yeah. Whatever. So um, it's it's yeah, it's a uh, collaboration can get messy. But um, but like, yeah, as as we grew more and more accustomed to working with each other, uh, everything get goes smoother and smoother. And uh, I want to say that probably meeting the whole, the rest of the team in person on different occasions uh, helps a lot of that because then it like, you know, it, it makes you realize you're working with people. You're not working with just like uh, blobs of text that appear in a chat server. <laughs> you're, you're working with, with, with people that also, you know, uh, want to do their best and that's the most important thing to remember so this might be a really stupid question i'm not sure but why in the adventures of square is it e1 a1 a2 a3 and not m i think uh early on um that's i think that's more of a question for jimmy um i think i think that was uh or very very early on a lot of square's development i think was this needs to be different for the sake of being different. But the, what we kind of discovered later on is that, you know, there's a reason why uh, first person shooter tropes exist and why, um, why, you know, things are the way they are. It's because one, it's what sometimes is what people are accustomed to. And two, it's what um, works within game design like like say like in the in the instance of figuring out like the health increments of health items um there was like some talk about maybe we should have like a health item that gives you like seven percent health like the or or different percentages and we're like, and we're like nah these these big and small demarcations exist for a reason and so yeah we uh we kind of worked with our denominations of whatever uh 
uh, types of items and 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 health and and power ups and what have you. So, but I think that uh, E one E X A Y is a holdover uh, from that that era of Square's development, where it's like different for the sake of being different, or I don't know. It, it's it's I think Jimmy can answer that question way better than I can, but that's at least my impression. It could be wrong. One of the things that really sticks out about Square in general is that, first of all, and I, I think I touched on this with Jimmy a bit when I talked to him, was mm. that basically Square is like a a p a more PC version of Duke Nukem with like the crazy one liners and everything. And it's a it, this is a standalone project. Like it, we're not going to sit around and beat around the bush and try to call this like it's Doom. I mean, yeah, it's a CAC award worthy type thing. It is based on Doom and everything, but we've got a totally different game we're working with here and just the creativity and the storytelling that you guys have managed to do with this character. And most importantly to me, at least are the puns and the puns are unbelievable. This is some serious, like everybody on this project should, if they are not already be a dad. So, would, would you say they're pun believable? They are pun believable. It's crazy. <laughs> and, or, or, you know, we, we've got so much. And unfortunately in the first episode, they're pun bearable. Really, <laughs> you don't get to have a pun you have welcome to squaresville and then it's pun city from there on in yeah it's um, it's it get it gets it gets a little a little crazy i feel, I feel like a lot of you know um i i, I think may i think maybe jimmy would agree with me that like uh the sense of humor employed in square is almost like um like on the on the uh side of like what rareware does with their games. Like it has like a, a, a somewhat of a goofiness, but uh, it, it's, it doesn't stray too. like, it gets, it definitely gets corny in some places, but not too corny. Like there's, there's this, there's this undrawn line that we know that is pro- that probably crosses into like too terrible, but I mean, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure the one the one line that everybody just remembers especially at the you know you go to the intermission screen and shows you how you did on the map uh if you collect like just enough items uh like in the lower end of the percentages it it says you ain't no indiana cones (laughs) or i think that's like secrets it's one of those but like that's that's the one that i've i've when i watch like youtube videos of people playing square that and and like streams and whatnot that is the one line that makes them groan and and so what we had to do in episode two is shove indiana cones easter eggs in different maps <laughs> so it's, yeah that's fun let's run through a few of just the my favorites are like geometropolis mm-hmm. wild blue as in the cheese yonder uh, the butter fort, like the, you guys are fucking killing me with this. Like, there's even some of the songs. It's hidden in some of the song titles. Like, oh yeah. Like, I c- can't believe how in depth you guys got with this. But I guess it's easy to do it, and it's happening over the course of you know years of thought, not just like bam. You had to come up with a, a twenty great puns in a, a couple of days. But it's some sometimes it is like that, and other times it's like shit. This was this is a better <laughs> name to use. Oh man! So like we throw that back in there. Um, I think I think our our most pun heavy map though I think is um if you if you played the first secret map of episode two um uh, that's heart of hexus 
Mm-hmm. And where like the the map is shaped like a hexagon and like or like the main parts of the map are shaped like hexagons. Um, the uh, barns and the houses have these um, big um, circular or, or hexagonal um, things on them with like a, like painted graphics. Those are actually called hex signs. You could see them in Pennsylvania, like on like the barns of like Amish, Amish houses and barns and whatever, whatever, what have you. And um the everything's covered in in a uh, uh, blue grass, and that's also the genre of music that's playing in the background. And it it's, it just gets insane. <laughs> well, I think the greatest pun of all. I can't believe I didn't already list this off, but your your secret map in episode two is the Great Pyramid of Gouda. I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, I, it makes it's me not angry. Giza. <laughs> Uh, so, it was either going to be yeah, Great Pyramid of Chiza or Great Pyramid of Gouda, and I went with Gouda. The only the only thing with Gouda is that Dutch people might not get it because they say Gouda instead of. That's Gouda. true. That yeah. is very true. So shout out uh, to and Uber Gawai if they're out there. <laughs> shout outs. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, but uh, in that map, uh, there's yeah, there's there are more puns if you found secret areas, and those secret areas are um, either deep lore about cows and stuff or their cheese jokes and and that's what i've encoded in those in that in that like uh what i call the uh calligraphy the calligraphic cipher (laughs) so so but and like and like the letters look like um you know writing that a cow would make with a hoof so so i I made like i guess kind of like just a, a cipher and a bunch of the letters kind of like look similar to what they actually are. And I remember there's one, there was one person on YouTube um, uh, named Sapphire Crook, I think. And they um, played through the map, finding every secret area and translated all of the murals. And, and that was really cool to watch. And I I don't think it has very many views at all. Like probably like in like, it's probably like, Topped out at like 20 views, maybe less, but I watched it and it was really cool. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes and try to get that guy some traffic. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, I, I, it's like a 40 minute video uh, uh, of them like going through the the map and like finding every mural and translating it because it's, it's translatable and, and, uh, just going like it's another fucking cheese joke and it's, it's just great. And then sometimes it's like, like lore, like uh, from Moo, this world began from Moo is or like by Moo, this world began by Moo is how it ends. And it's like, hmm, what does that mean? So I don't know. Uh, it's fun to throw stuff like that in, in maps and games like that. So you become the project manager of this. Like you really embrace this particular game as like, I'm going to really put my everything into it from what I can tell. And yeah. So from that standpoint, you know, you're working with an absolutely outstanding amount, you know, group of people here. Like, yeah, I definitely am. We're all, we're all like doom polymaths. Yeah. And so I guess, what is it like being, you know, the manager of such a project like this? And do you intend for this to translate into maybe something else like of a career wise for you? Or is it just strictly like, I want to be the project manager of games like this? Well, it's a it's a it's a lot of work and we're kind of um right now we're on a, a bit of a development hiatus while mm-hmm. everybody gets a lot of like uh IRL stuff in order um because like it, this is around the time where everybody starts having careers 
and starting careers and whatnot. And I was, I was already in the middle of mine, but you know, I had, I have lots of free time, I guess. So, uh, it, it, it turns into, um, the thing is, it's like, yeah, I have my regular career, uh, as a, as a programmer. And then, um, there, this, uh, I have this hobby of like making maps and mods for doom or making, I guess, games now and, and working on other games. Like I also do the sound design for uh, Doombringer and uh, what uh, Christus is making. So, um, but it's, but it's like how I always have to ask myself the question of how involved do I want to be in square? I was just like, this deserves, you know, uh, this deserves to be awesome. And, at least uh, I have some experience with uh, coordinating who's doing what and, and what have you. So um, this is also, you know, uh, also could be, you know, something to put on a resume, which I do put on in terms of like, you know, managing or leading a team. And um, I, I, I still say like, you know, I, I only help out with Square. I don't I, I, I never say it's my game to, to mm-hmm. say it's my game would be would be terrible. It's, it's really Jimmy's game. And yeah. Yeah. And, th- and then I, uh, I, and every once in a while, I'm just like, oh, I hope I'm not overstepping or <laughs> overstepping like what the, the amount of work that's expected of me, or I hope I'm not like, you know, seen as like a, a, a tyrant and uh, whatever. Um, Cause like that was, that was always um, a, uh, um, a concern of mine. And I was like, Jimmy, please tell me if I, if I'm, if I'm doing too much or, or whatever, he's like, no, you're fine. You're, you're still okay. Because Around that time, I watched this um, this movie uh, na- uh, this movie called Frank. If you've seen it, it's an independent film. Um, it was b- with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and um, the uh, uh, Fassbender. Uh, uh, was it? Is it Michael Fassbender? Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. And um, and uh, I, f- I forget who had the lead role, um, but uh, it w- what neither of them really had like the lead. But uh, Fastbender. So the movie is about this um, this uh, weird band um, uh, of of musicians, and um, this uh, this guy looking to be a a um, he was a keyboardist for like another band, and he also wants to write you know music, um, but he's not really that great at writing music. And uh, but he finds this band that needs a keyboardist, so he joins this band. And they're like a very like strange, very, very uh, doesn't fit any genre type of band. And they're they're really they're in it really just for making music, not for any kind of fame or anything. But what happens is when he joins them and goes, they go off on this retreat to like make music and whatever. He starts blogging about them and blogging about his experiences. Meanwhile, people are just like, wow, these guys are weird. And then they and then they start, you know, uh, he's they, they, they start getting attention and then. Um, and then what happens is, is, uh, the goal is to like, you know, get them into South by Southwest and, and whatever, but it's the, it's the keyboardist with these ambitions, pushing the team, uh, or pushing the, um, the, uh, uh, the band, uh, into places that they may not want to be. And that was something that was just like, am I doing too much? Am I putting too much like, you know, effort into, uh, not effort into square, but like, am I, am I you know, is this, is this, is this, uh, growing out of proportion or is this still in a, in a, um, uh, in a, 
in a scope that Jimmy is still comfortable with or, or in a, in a product that Jimmy's still happy with. And he's like, yeah, I'm really happy about it. So like, I'm in my head a lot about like, am I, am I that keyboardist? Am I that, am I that, am I the keyboardist with the ambitions and hopes and dreams? And am I dragging people along for the ride rather than them being with, we, we all move together with, with the ride. So I was just like, Oh shit. I hope I'm not the, the keyboardist. <laughs> I don't think anybody sees you that way, man. But like the I, thing I is, like- I yeah, I think I don't. I don't think anybody really does. It's just, it's just me in in my my uh, my. I, I guess in this case, it's like a, a lack of confidence in um, in like what uh, in like in like how I'm. I guess in how I'm seen or whatever. Like I def, like I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have an, an an ego about myself and my work, but it's I, I it's 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 because I want to do the best I possibly can and and enable others to do the best that, that they possibly can. And 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 I yeah, in the end I want to make something I'm I'm proud of and that everybody can be proud of. And I and I I tell them that every day. I was like when we released episode two, I was like, you everybody here should be absolutely proud of the of the work that they've done because this is fucking amazing and all of you should be very happy that we have pushed this into the world. <laughs> so what about this uh Team Rocket project that's been going on for a while? Team Rocket uh kind of uh, was started on a whim by uh Dragonfly, uh Jimmy and AD and that was and I think the it was it was they were just going to make a, a megawatt in a day um like just marathon style and um or, or like you know, the people have floated the concept of marathon mapping. See how many maps you could do a, in a sitting, or make like a small episode of maps in a sitting. And and they were just like, we're going to make a megawatt, and it's just us three. And at the time, I was unemployed, and uh, be- between jobs, as it were. And and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, can I join, guys? Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys are going to make thirty-two maps with just three people. Might be easier with four. And, and then they were like, hell yeah, sure. So I joined that. And then, um, they also had like guest mappers on because, uh, I don't know. I was, I was like, I wasn't too keen on like just being up forever, especially since it started around where my bedtime is here on the, (laughs) on the East coast of the United States. So, um, yeah, I was, I was just, uh, like, okay, I'm going to make a map then I'm going to sleep. And then when I get back up, I'm going to rejoin you guys. (laughs) So, yeah, that was it was it was fun to do, uh, especially since, you know, I had all the free time in the world to do it. And um, yeah, and it, and I, I liked the challenge of, you know, not dwelling on every last little detail. And you kind of do in the first map, uh, but then you quickly realize, oh, shit, I have to manage my time way more carefully if I want to make a, a bunch of maps instead of just one really really good map so so it became like you know a speed mapping session in which you're managing a chunk of time rather than just just the amount of time in which the session happens right. and then um it, it kind of went on for like another day uh because uh i i decided to like make the like map 30 required a little bit more effort and i was just like i could finish that up 
uh, the next day. And uh, appropriately so, uh, Team Rocket One happened the day before uh, Summer Games Done Quick, the ch- that charity event with mm-hmm. all the speedrunners and stuff like that. So that was fun. And um, yeah, and then we did Team Rocket Two uh, earlier this year in 2020. So um, I think it was in February. So yeah, um, the first beta is out, and then I think we just need to do some tweaking and fixes, and then we'll release it proper soon. Don't, don't yeah, quote me on that. I have no idea if we're going to release it soon, but it's pro- it'll probably be soon. <laughs> Watching you guys do that on Dragonfly's stream is just like, and it's oh god, how long have they been awake? And I go to sleep, and then I wake back up, and I'm like, oh, they're still they're still doing this. Like it's <laughs> insane. Around the end of it, you do get loopy, and I remember <laughs> like the, around the last couple of maps, I'm like, ah, whatever, fuck this map, it's good enough. <laughs> but but um, yeah, every once in a while, it's good to um just just um test your uh, abilities and, and get outside your yeah if you if you if you get get outside your comfort zone then you know you can only improve nobody nobody improves unless they're challenged so challenge yourself so last journey will go down before i turn you loose man i know this has lasted a lot longer than we originally uh anticipated but hmm. i don't mind i like speaking how did you get involved in doombringer so doombringer um came about because uh uh, well christus is is a a long time uh mapper Mm. in the in the doom and i guess also quake scenes and he uh he's like i'm making this arena fps but i need a sound designer um and he posted he posted it on on doom world and when i saw that i was just like oh shit i want to also get into sound design since i did that for square because like around that time i was like um i don't know if i want a career change um or like or like i I was like you know like maybe i should do i want to do more creative things or or what have you so i'm just like i should start putting together a portfolio this is another sound design uh opportunity so um I was like, "Hey, I've uh, I would like to work on this. Here's, you know, I I did all this sound stuff for Square, and uh, he was just like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll bring you on.' And then uh, I did uh, a lot of the sound effects for Doombringer, and there's still much more to be done um, in up to and including uh, inventing a spoken language for all of the enemies. And uh, I think I think that's something I chose to do just to. Um, make them a little bit more alien, but also, um, a, a cohesive cultural unit. Uh, and, and, uh, that, that's come with uh, a lot of, um, uh, interesting things. Cause I've always liked linguistics. I, uh, I, I've written two scripting languages and, and that's just for programming. But, uh, I, uh, I also, you know, fell in love with, uh, speaking, uh, languages and, and, you know, uh, patterns and whatnot and and that's uh so i, I started inventing a language uh for it and so yeah. i want to touch on this actually pretty pretty in depth because you mentioned this about the the pyramids and that kind of originally sparked my interest in this but also christus mentioned that you were doing this project um are you a lord of the rings guy at all i the thing is i've never read uh uh J.R.R. tolkien's novels um though i I did see the movies. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read the books, but I definitely feel that uh, Tolkien was the kind of guy who um, would 
just invent languages. And he was like, well, I got to put this to you someplace. I know I'll write stories in which they're spoken. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Tolkien was a, in the military. Uh, yeah, he was a World War One. Yeah, yeah. A, a cryptologist, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. that, there was a time in my life when that was going to be my career path. And really? Yeah, it, it did not happen. And I'll, we can talk about that some other time. But I also have very good friends who do that. Like they're, they're cryptolinguists. Uh, one of my best friends right now is a, studying to get his master's in linguistics. And so this is a subject that's come up on the show before, and I'm really into it in general. Just it's been rotating around my life for a long time. Hmm. So when you, when you get into this sort of thing, I'm, I'm curious, like what, what is your endeavor and how are you studying or applying and what, what sources are you looking at to try to create a language? Um, well, uh, my, my first foray into, uh, linguistics was a, uh, elective course I took in college called intro to linguistics. And I, and I liked that so much because it was still like very logical and, and it was opening in terms of, uh, so I, I was also like, kind of like dabbling in writing, scripting languages and, um, stuff like that, that like computers can interpret and then it, they do other things so i i wanted to you know see this the spoken language side of things and and um and i was pretty good at like you know principles of programming languages and and the the sorts of classes that um you know teach you about grammar and 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 universal grammar and you know noam chomsky's name sneaks into a lot of places because that's what he did that's what his his discipline was so um you you you, 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 there's a whole lot of uh, associated crossover with computer science and linguistics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was just like, uh, and since I took to that uh, language oriented stuff really easily, like language and logic, I, and finite state automata and whatever, and assembling things together, I, I, I took to that really quickly and and it's always been an interest of mine and how the, you know, language evolves over time and, and why, why the words we use are those words and why our, uh, our turns of phrase are the way they are. And, and just like looking up the history of, of uh, spoken languages and programming languages and how, how those evolved over time with, with in the, in the computer world with like, um, uh, with, uh, ways to express like to turn ideas into procedures and in the speaking world it's how do we convey ideas in such a way that other people understand those ideas it's it's the transmission it's always it's it's language is used to transmit from the abstract uh bullshit that happens in our brain into a concrete form to put in either other people's brains or uh, make a computer's brain do something. So it's it's always been something I was interested in, and uh, yeah. So I, I was just like, you know, uh, part of this uh, uh, sound design stuff could be uh, also inventing a language. Um, and so uh, that's I, I was like, yeah, the the, the enemies sh- should be should speak a actual language. So I started writing a language using the knowledge. Uh, that I gained through doing other linguistic stuff. 
Man, you should have just done what they did in uh, that comic book saga and just stolen Esperanto because no one speaks it. That's that's you know that's a that's a good idea. Um, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> nobody speaks Esperanto. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So like that's uh, so I, I started the the uh, coming up with like you know grammatical rules and and um, language uh, language rules and stuff like that and how the uh, grammar works and. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now I have the spoken part, but now I need to invent the written part. Like, how do I? And and I know, and I know kind of how I want the written language's structure to go because, like, because like the same sounds get stuck together, and there's a definitely a uh, phono and morpho syntax to all of the words. So, um, the writing system should kind of uh, uh, describe that in terms of um you know translating writing to the speaking parts so i have to work on that and i'm getting closer and closer but i haven't really figured out like a glyph system that looks nice (laughs) so so that's that's the hardest part that's where yeah i should i should i should re-borrow what i did for square and and um, I was, yeah, the part, part of the thought is, uh, writing tools, but, um, I think in this case it's not as important. So mm, it, it can get a little abstract enough such that, you know, it can still be drawn and, and translatable if you don't already know it. But yeah, it's, uh, one of the, uh, one of the first things I did after I came up with like a syllabary and, um, and, uh, um, uh, vocabulary so far is uh try to translate have you ever have you ever watched the show uh bojack horseman on netflix oh, oh yeah yeah i translated the outro to the episodes <laughs> that song that like back in the 90s i mm-hmm. was in a very famous tv show that song i uh translated into the forbidden tongue <laughs> Next time you're in southeastern Arizona, we're gonna you and me. You're gonna grab some beers and then we're gonna head up to the U of A and see if we can get you in with Noam Chomsky. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be like, "Oh, finally, somebody that doesn't want to talk politics." Yeah, you know. But I feel like if we actually wrote him, be like, "Hey, you know, we're doing, you know." I, I'm just some guy, a journalist, who's covering this. But you say, like, I'm working on a video game and I need to create a language from scratch for, you know, like, or whatever. He might actually be interested in that. Oh, I, I mean, I hope so. But it's like, you know what? I, I remember I remember at one time uh, when I was uh, back in uh, Rutgers University. Uh, 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 I say that like it has any prestige. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when I was back in Rutgers, I heard from other people that, like, uh, Noam Chomsky uh, might be making an appearance uh in one of our auditoriums i was like oh shit oh that's that's cool i heard of this guy uh i get to ask i might want to ask him about like you know l1 and l2 acquisition and how he formed this bit his uh theory of universal grammar and then people will be like what uh, no we're gonna talk about politics and i'm like oh it's boring i don't want to mm. talk about politics and i discovered that's what he's like known for in the greater like his activism in politics and i was just like what about the sh- the shit that he did in as a professor (laughs) you know like him and sam harris i'm like could you guys just talk about science like please (laughs) you're the two like greatest minds in the world and all you do is argue about fucking left versus right wing nonsense like "Eh, well that's fine like there's a place for that but i want to know the 
the deeper stuff. But anyway, hey, Doombringer, you're yeah. working on that. Cool. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, the whole the whole uh, outro to BoJack Horseman is is translated and singable. Um, it might make it into maybe an Easter egg somewhere in Doombringer, but yeah, it's there. <laughs> that is wonderful, man. Ugh. Well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here, dude? Um, well, you were, you mentioned the talk I did in, mm-hmm. in 2016. Um, I, that was around, that was around the, the, so, um, I met, I met this guy named, uh, Jake Tucker, who is a, uh, uh, I, he works in uh, video games journalism and he started this thing called video brains. And I hope he starts it uh, back up again when he, when he, uh, I guess finds time and funds and what have you, um, where he had like a, a, a bunch of people talk about video game related stuff. And I met him at a uh, games festival, uh, independent games festival called Amaze when I was in Germany once. And, uh, we just like talked a lot about doom. And then I was in my globe trotting, uh, uh, uh like I want to travel more type of mindset. And, um, he, he was looking for like open applications for uh, uh, doing, you know, uh, a wild card type of uh, talk for like a certain month in, um, in 2016. And I was like, oh, I should pitch a talk. And um, like the first talk, the first talk I pitched was like about like uh, what I talked about earlier uh, this evening about like um, uh, feedback and, and what have you. And then he was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then later on, I was just like, no, I thought of something a little bit more personal that I want to um, that I want to talk about, and that was like you know uh, making stuff for Doom, but instead of uh, Doom related stuff, it's going to be what I learned about making things in general and yeah. like using Doom as a backdrop. And he was just like, "Oh, that's a really cool idea." And uh, and uh, most people they do their talks in fifteen minutes, and the reason is you know people zonk out. Uh, around like the half hour mark. So like if he, he's like, keep the talks short and punchy. And I, and, uh, and I didn't know that because I already asked him, I said, I think what I'm going over like 20 years of my life is going to take, um, uh, 30 minutes. Could I, could I do more than 15 minutes? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then when I, right before I did, uh, right before I, I went up to do the talk, uh, he's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And I'm like, oh man, uh, uh, how many, uh, I, I was like, yeah, all the, all the talks have been uh, pretty short. And he's like, yeah, you were the only person that asked for more than 15 minutes. And I was like, uh Oh, well this better be good, I guess. <laughs> and it turns out it was. So yeah, uh, that was a cool experience. And I got to see a bunch of people that I, um, saw, uh, before, but like, you know, got a chance to see again. And, um, I really wish I, uh, have more opportunities to do that, but you know, coronavirus keeping everybody indoors <laughs> well, well, at the moment it'll get better but like yeah um i uh, I, I can't wait to uh start uh traveling again because um i haven't i haven't in a while because i started a new job and everything but yeah it, it, it should get it should get you know better sky's the limit man sky's yeah, the limit exactly that's what i was gonna say basically like if you keep doing what you're doing you will inevitably have to have some sort of people put their eyeballs on it because this is such a wide spanning and yet like so specialized in the same way resume like Rick, you've got a lot going on you've got sound design you've got you know project management you've got 
game design in general. You've just got level editing, level design, texture, everything falls into this category. Working with musicians, working with like everything. So the, the, yeah, the thing though, I, I usually tell people um, uh, when we when we talk about the sort of thing like like success and mm-hmm. and uh, just you know making stuff is, I mean, it's very it's very very luck based and. Mm-hmm. And, or, or at least I think it's a cycle and, but it always starts with luck and either, you know, you're born someplace or with whatever the, the, uh, the, the socioeconomic status and, and what have you. And then, and then like, it's like, okay, from where I am currently, I have some choices and then you make a bunch of choices and then you see the outcomes of those choices and that feeds back into your current set of luck and because like the thing is if you make something and you and you don't show anybody you're not going nobody's going to know about it but even if you like show it out uh shove it into the world where anybody can see it and despite you you know maybe you tell people about it and whatever you may not get that break it's still luck and it still comes back down to luck so but but the nice thing is as long as you, you know, keep making stuff and want to make stuff, eventually, uh, you you you'll have uh, some kind of a break. It may not be the huge breaks that that people get with like, oh, they made the game that made millions of dollars and everybody just. Go. It could be like small things, it's like somebody that you that you like the work of goes, hey you want to collaborate on something and you go, Oh sure. And, and the, you know, stuff uh, goes out from there, but it's still, you know, it's still luck and there may be bouts of bad luck and there may be bouts of good luck, but you know, the true failure is stopping. I think that's a good place to end it, man. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get this bad boy edited, sent out and wait for some validation. Sounds great. big thanks to a lot of people for getting this episode together first of all i gotta thank human bones and do for uh hanging out with me at QuakeCon and introducing me to matt in the first place then i want to thank james paddock dragonfly and christus all for uh, having my back and getting matt to actually pay attention to me wink wink nudge nudge say no more but no seriously i love you guys on uh, you know thanks to matt for doing the episode i really appreciate that too man it was a great one i'm so psyched about it and uh we got to say thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, all of the people who give through our PayPal, uh, who buy shit through our Amazon feed, who've bought t-shirts or whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. Hey, if you subscribe, once you subscribe for, you know, whatever number of weeks that gets you to that $25 point, we'll mail you a t-shirt. So if you want a The Keep t-shirt, uh, just, you know, do that. Whatever. Point being... We're here for you guys. Um, we really appreciate all the support, and we want you guys to uh, have a good time and enjoy all these episodes. So please, please do. Do not fucking ever for a second think that you're alone in this world. I know it's bleak and scary right now, but you're not alone. Uh, the keep is here for you, 100%. So stay tuned. We'll be back next week with yet another slew of amazing, amazing guests. I can't wait for you to uh, get a chance to take part in some of the cool conversations that I feel very privileged to have taken a part in. 
Also, I know I promised you guys more news about that event that Devastation was hinting at, but uh, unfortunately the schedules have been changing a little bit. I will let you know more about that on the next episode, I promise. Kind of. But no, seriously, stay tuned. See you then. And until next time, y'all, please stay in the keep.